This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. going on gang welcome to another edition of winnipeg sports talk daily great to have you with us andrew patterson michael remus lots to get to today uh <laughs> i've just been counting down the minutes to the beginning of this program to talk about last night's monday night football debacle for the denver broncos we will certainly get into that but we do have some jets news with rookie camp beginning tomorrow and the young stars tournament out in penticton on the weekend we have our rookie camp list and interesting to see the names on the list, including Cole Perfetti. So we'll get to that and we'll certainly touch on Jets, Bombers topics and more with Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun and then Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. A little later on, we do this once a year on the program and we had such great feedback on our Burger Week segment last week with Kyra from uh, Burgers on the Brain that when... Our pal DQ Nick decided that he was going to try and eat every burger on the list. Good luck. There's over 200 of them. Uh, we have him on. I think he's got about 10% of the list down, 23 or 24 burgers. So we're going to get the best of burger week at the end of the show. So if you're uh, thinking about trying one or two before it ends on Thursday, well, we'll give you some good tips from a guy that's uh, been eating burgers nonstop for the better part of the last 10 days. So that's going to be fun. Horse picks as well for another night of live racing at Assiniboia Downs. And we will get to both next week's CFL and NFL lines for Cool Bet a little bit later on in the program as well. Uh, but first things first, thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including Not Auto Corp, Cool Bet, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Aikens Lake, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Boston Pizza, Culligan Water, Canadian Club Whiskey, Breezy Bed, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Assiniboia Downs, and of course our friends over at ASD. Shout out to the gang of Boston Pizza Taylor. Had a great night watching Monday Night Football with the fellas yesterday. And don't forget, if you do pop by BP, for Monday Night Football, you'll be entered to win one of two trips to see the Raiders and an NHL game in Vegas. One trip being given away for, uh, I believe, the November 11th long weekend, and the other one for New Year's as well. So, uh, Papa Nada BP, great spot. Seven days a week, but especially for Monday Night Football. Let's get to it. Jets rookie roster is out. We're going to chop that up. Scott Billick, Mike McIntyre, and, of course, Michael Remus, who joins us now. Remo... <laughs> How about that game last night? Yeah, I can't get enough of um, the roasting of the Denver Broncos on Twitter. It's pretty much unanimous that everyone agrees uh, completely uh, boneheaded clock management at the end. But also, how could you forget their play calling or execution inside the five-yard line three times and you can't, three just separate occasions you can't. Punch it in. Totally shooting themselves in the foot yesterday. Not even giving themselves a chance to win. And, uh, I mean, tough. That's a tough call for the head coach there. Hackett. Uh, it was his Hackett. first game first as, ga the, as an NFL head coach. Like, under if, the brightest lights of Monday Night Football. With the quarterback that they just traded so many assets to get. And invested, what, 230 or $240 mm -hmm. million dollars in. To sit his ass down at the end of the game and try a 64-yard field goal 
when they had plenty of time to get more into uh, into uh, field goal range was one of the most baffling decisions I have ever seen. And I have to tell you, Remo, this is, I mean, listen, the Broncos could go on a run and win seven in a row and be a real quality playoff team this year, and that may very well happen. But if it doesn't go well, um, you'd have to think that Bronco management, and never mind management, Russell Wilson, the players in that locker room, are wondering, does this guy know what the hell he's doing? Now, I've said for years on our former station and here, and we've chopped it up on the warm-up, that NFL coaches need a 15-year-old kid that plays 50, 60 games of Madden a week just on the sidelines to let them know when to call timeouts and to manage the clock. And it was never more obvious than last night's game. And... I have to tell you, I mean, I was, as I mentioned, at BP. So we were watching um, Aikman and Buck do the game on uh, ESPN. Awesome, awesome crew. And we'll kind of maybe talk about that a little later on. But if you haven't seen it already, Peyton and Eli had the Manning cast on. And former Bronco great Shannon Sharp was their guest (laughs) in the fourth quarter. And the reaction of Peyton and Eli and Shannon Sharp through that debacle in the final two minutes of letting the clock run down, calling the timeout, and then attempting a 64-yarder was theater of the greatest magnitude. Um, And they were reacting, I think, the same way anyone that was watching the game was. What the hell are they doing? Yeah, there's a lot um, lot to unpack here uh, from that. The Mannings, I have the, uh, I can't play the video, but I'll play the audio. Oh, perfect. If you you want the Manning bros and Shannon Sharp watching alive. And yeah, I think what they get third and 14, they make it a fourth and five with like a minute left. You have three timeouts and then they, uh, and then they don't hurry up or they don't call the timeout. They like run the clock down to the 20 second mark. It's insane. The, The most embarrassing part about this, other than the 64 yard field goal attempt, which, and you've seen a lot of probabilities being thrown out. And I mean, this one just says it all here from CBS. Russell Wilson on fourth and five or less in the fourth quarter in his career, 68.8 conversion percentage. Percentage of 64 plus yard field goals made in the last 30 years, a 6.1%. <laughs> so, I mean, you have Russell Wilson. If you can't trust him to go for five yards, like, what are, why are you even playing? You know, you talk about the Giants. Um, who, what, instead of going for the extra point to tie, they went for two and one, uh, you know, the Big other day. Big balls, Brian Dable, speaking but, of great coaching debuts. But the worst part of this for me, like, absolutely embarrassing, is you've already lost the game. Seattle is trying to kneel down the clock and run it out at the end, and they take these useless timeouts, delaying the end of the game. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? When you play like NHL or any online sports game where you've already lost and you're just trying to take penalties so the game goes longer and you're wasting the other guy's time or you try to pause it and you just sit there and waste your pause time limit. It's a troll move. The most, yeah, the most, this is the NFL, the most embarrassing timeouts I've ever seen. Like, why are you taking them there? Just, you already lost. It's over. Take the L and you're just making yourself look stupid on national television. 
Waiters, um, waiters in chat. Not the worst decision Russell Wilson has been a part of, though I had to laugh. That was another crack that we heard last night when the Broncos first had Melvin Gordon fumble on the one, then Javante Williams fumble on the one. Uh, someone said, yeah, Russell will tell you. That's why you throw from the one. Yeah. <laughs> Although <laughs> that never, doesn't work I out never well. thought about that, but <laughs> I had Wilson on uh, DraftKings, so I did want him to, to throw. But, And I think a lot of this, too, has we talked yesterday how teams – haven't been playing their starters in the preseason. And the Broncos were a team that didn't do that. And they looked sloppy. Um, they had a couple like delay of games or close. Um, there's a uh, they looked rough. Also, we didn't even mention, there's a lot to mention, that measurement in the fourth quarter for the Broncos where it looked like there was a little daylight there in between the that was because of where the camera was. You, you I, think I'm so? convinced that was the angle of the camera because I, when you saw it close by, it really did look I like thought he, it didn't, was, he didn't get close. Was a first, I think it was Albert O stretching for the first down. It looked on TV like they didn't get the didn't get it, and then they said he got it, so everyone was confused. How do they not have a camera like down down the line? Like why are they showing us? Well, these the funniest angles? thing was they did have a camera down the line, but it was obscured by the top of the bullseye on the first down marker, which got me thinking, like, do we really need a ma- I mean, I guess there is an element that fans need to be able to see where they're going, but there's got to be a better way of doing these things in 2022. So let's get this clip, because if folks didn't miss it or missed it or you were watching Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman, this is how it sounded on the Manning cast as... Nathaniel Hackett inexplicably, inexplicably decided to take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands and attempt a 64-yard field goal down one late in the fourth quarter. Sutton. Sutton. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, yes. That was a good play. Now we've got fourth and, five, fourth and five is doable. we got three timeouts. I might use one right here. E. Let's use no one. Doubt. Let's talk about this one. Yeah, Manning is Let's like doing the team with his with his hands. They're gonna try to draw. They can oh, try to draw him off sides. Might try to draw him off sides. E. You don't have that you much time. You well, you don't want to waste that much time. I don't think. Running a play. Fox like 38, 37. It looks, it, it looks unsettled. Sutton doesn't know what he's doing. Hurry up! Hurry. Time out! Time out! Time out! Twenty seconds. They call it. What the? So you just burned 30 seconds to call a timeout? timeout. (laughs) Shannon Sharp. (laughs) A lot of time time wasted right there to call a timeout, Pate. Yes. Yes. Because even now, if you you get five yards, I mean, you still got two timeouts, but you got to get some yardage. They're going to kick it. They're going to kick it. Kick what? Are they kick, they're kicking it right here? <laughs> kicking the field goal right here. Hold on. Oh. How far? They're kicking Let me see how far this 62 is. 62-yarder. 63-yarder. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Comedy at its finest with the Manning brothers and Shannon Sharp last night. Um, well, I, I'll say this. The games uh, were close this weekend. There was a lot of thrillers. Uh, hopefully you jumped on a lot of the underdogs because the favorites, favorites certainly weren't covering last night. Uh, but that is a tough, tough way for Nathaniel Hackett to begin his coaching career as the boss 
of the Denver Broncos. Um, we'll have some more time to chop up uh, National Football League stuff as we get closer to the week. We've got a massive Thursday nighter. Chiefs, Chargers, Thursday night football. Cannot wait for that one. Uh, we'll certainly tee that one up over the next couple of days shows. And for those of you that are big fantasy football folks, week one waiver wire, maybe the most important, important waiver wire of the year. Dustin Nielsen and I tonight, a little later than normal, I believe nine o'clock, we're going to go live with the Lockshaw Fantasy Football Extravaganza. So join us for that. Uh, you'll be able to see it live on Twitter. We'll broadcast it and make sure to subscribe to the Lockshaw wherever you get the uh, wherever you get your podcast. All right, well, Remo, let's get into the Jets and a perfect place to get to our why not question of the day. Why not question of the day for our great friends over at Not Auto Corp? Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Pop down and see them, Waverly and McGillivray online, not.ca. So the question, and if you, especially if you're uh, watching this later live, answer in the comments below. Uh, which Winnipeg Jet prospect are you most looking forward to seeing at rookie camp? Uh, and it's a perfect why not question of the day because we have it. And it has just been released in the last hour. Shout out to the Jets for perfect timing on this. Um, Remo, if you want to get the uh, the graphic up, we can just sort of go through this. And obviously for people that are listening on podcast, most notable name right off the bat that jumps out is the guy in the graphic himself, Cole Perfetti. Um Somewhat surprising maybe that he would be here at this event, but when you think about how little hockey he's played over the course of the last year, probably makes sense, and I'm sure he's looking forward to getting out in some game action. So the forward group includes Cole Perfetti, last year's second first-round pick, Brad Lambert, Chase Berthelet, Tyler Boland, former first-rounder Chaz Lucius, Daniel Torgerson, who joined the organization towards the end of last year, got a little bit of time in the American League. Wyatt Bongiovanni, uh, former Moose, Moose from last year, Greg Morales, uh, Brandon Cutler, recent draft pick Danny Zilkin, Henry Nikonen, another former pick, I believe a 2019 draft pick that joined the Moose last year after signing a contract, Thomas Caron and Isaac Johnson, and defenseman Tyrell Bauer, Dimitri Kuzman, Dean Stewart, Anton Johansson, Simon Lundmark, said some moose time, Wyatt Wilson, Simon Kubicek, and Ethan Cap. Three goaltenders going. Dominic Divincentis, Oscar Oscari Salmanen, the Finnish the, the goaltender that they signed, and Arvid Holm. So uh there you have the group right now. Why not question of the day in the comments? Which Winnipeg Jet rookie or prospect are you most looking forward to seeing at the tournament coming up this weekend in Penticton? Um, Remo, what stands out to you about that list when you at first glance? Yeah, when I first um, looked, I thought, oh, Cole Perfetti is there. You'd like to think that he's going to be able to dominate at this tournament or be you know a bit above everyone else he's played against men in the ahl he's got some nhl time last year it is kind of surprising but he's still pretty you know pretty young player so um that but i was like just looking at the number of draft picks from the most recent year now rutger mccrory not in he's in college right now with michigan um so he's not in but brad lambert's in there danny jelkin who they just drafted i saw on the goalie Situation: Dominic Divincentis, who they picked, I think last their last pick of the most recent draft, he was in. That stood out to me, and you know a couple players who have gone into some pro action: uh, Daniel Torgerson, 
Uh, was he wasn't he with the Moose at the end of end yeah? Deacon and Targerson were the late signings so, last year at the end of theirs and, and uh, played a little they, bit in the uh, at the end of the year. And they had a good showing. Uh, Torgerson did at the World Juniors. You know, one player who was at the World Juniors and didn't have a great showing, Brad Lambert, who was a healthy scratch uh, towards the end. I mean, this is a big year for him. Just respecting he's going to end up, uh, what, Seattle's got his rights. But he's in there, and and this will be a big one. And, I, you know, speaking of Brad Lambert, I put the poll out. Who are you most looking forward to seeing? I only could do four options, so I put Perfetti, Lucius Lambert, just the three first-rounders, and other Lambert... Currently leading at 37. I think people are looking, want to see some more from him against players, you know, the similar level. So we'll see how that goes uh, for him at the rookie camp in Penticton. We should mention the games, what, I think Friday, Sunday, Monday. They'll be streamed. That's been the number one question is where can we watch these? Jets website, Facebook, YouTube, even TikTok. So uh, I, apparently TikTok, you can watch it on there. So. Uh, but I would I would do the YouTube. I think that's the easiest one, especially if you want it on your TV. I'm I'm big YouTube guy. I'm yes, seeing, well, quite see, obviously. Yeah, quite we, obviously. We, we support the platform. Support the platform. Uh, and tomorrow <laughs> on the program, in the first guest segment, Jamie Thomas is going to join us and sort of tee up the weekend for the Winnipeg Jets, talk a little bit about the first day of rookie camp as well. Back to Lambert for a minute. And I understand why there's so many people that are putting his name in because he is a pretty tantalizing prospect um, that had a rough year last year. I mean, I think by any standard, um, he was playing in a, a senior league in Finland with men. Um, he did not have a great season and fell relatively precipitously from expected to be a top five pick at the beginning of the year to where the Jets got him at, I believe, 30th overall. Um you know, and he did have a great start to the World Juniors in Edmonton the first time. I think he had five points in the first two games. Uh, the Summer World Juniors wasn't as good for Brad, but the team did quite well. Uh, but he wasn't involved in the last couple of games, I don't believe. And I'm not sure whether that was something to do with, uh, you know, the coach not liking the way he was playing. Uh, but uh, this is a real prove-it season, I think, for Brad Lambert. And you know, he is regarded as maybe the best skater or at least one of the top two skaters in the draft and has all the tools um, that make him a great NHL prospect. But there's obviously a lot of aspects of his game that need to improve. And I think the confidence level <clears throat> of Lambert last year really took uh, took a hit. And if, you know, he can, you know, have a strong camp, have a nice performance here and go, presumably, I think the smart money is, as you mentioned, Remo, and him going to, um, Seattle in the Western Hockey League, uh, which is a hell of a team uh, that, you know, he can, you know, get that confidence back first and foremost, maybe playing against, you know, players more his age and then graduate to uh, the professional ranks. You know, because he's a Finn and has signed a deal uh, or will sign a deal, I would imagine that the Winnipeg Jet or the uh, Manitoba Moose would be an option. Uh, but I think most likely we'll see Lambert there. But before he gets to the Western Hockey League, we'll see what he can do this week. And, you know, he and, I mean, Chaz Lucius for sure. I mean, there's been a lot of excitement about him after he was drafted, you know, playing in the NCAA. I didn't get a chance to see him very much last year. And, um, you know, for a guy that was picked where he was in the first round, um, you know, he'll be another player that I think most Winnipeg Jet fans will really be having their first opportunity really to see him play consistently. So, you know, both of those first rounders, I think, will be very intriguing. And of course, as far as Perfetti, you'll just be able to see how he looks, how he feels, uh, because 
there's Perfetti and there's everybody else on this list. Uh, I think it's quite safe to say that it's unlikely that anybody else on the list probably plays in the National Hockey League this year. It's a very different story for Perfetti. Not only will he be on the roster, but as currently constructed, he's going to be leaned on to contribute and will probably be playing significant minutes as a member of the Jets' top six. At least that's the way it looks to me on paper going into camp, Reem. Yeah, I think he's in there right now by default. They don't have anyone else unless there's some you know trade or signing coming down the pipe. It's looking like he's set for a big role with the Jets. So, yeah, that stands out. And as the poll goes on, Chaz Lucius now passed uh, Brad Lambert. And we got a bunch of people voting in, 34%. And for Chaz Lucius, he signed the pro contract. So, you know, he's gonna probably going to start with the Moose, I guess. Right, Huss? That's what we're aiming towards. And he's battled yeah. injuries. Played uh, with Minnesota last year. He had 19 points in 24 games. So, I mean, that's a player we're going to keep an eye on as well. One name, too, I remember when we talked to uh, Mark Hillier last year. He was drafted in 2021, third round, 82 overall. Dimitri Kuzman, he played in the OHL last year with Flint, 44 points in 57 games. So that's a player, I think, on defense to keep an eye on. As far as defense, you mentioned this player to me. I see people talking about him in chat. Tyrell Bauer, big 6'3 defenseman who was hitting everyone at training camp uh, last yeah, year. I just remember him from last year, and I'll be honest, I wasn't really even familiar with him. I mean, he was selected by the Jets in the sixth round in 2020. And when you look at him and his numbers, I mean, nothing stands out. This is a physical stay-at-home defenseman. Um, you know, last year in 32 games, had five goals, five assists for 10 points, uh, another five assists through 23 playoff games. Obviously, they... They went all the way last year. The uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds did. Um, but nothing offensive stands out. But what does stand out about Tyrell Bauer is how physical he is. And um, just going back to last year's training camp when he was out there watching it, I mean, who is this kid hitting everything that moves? Well, it was Tyrell Bauer. And he obviously made a pretty good impression with the club. Now he's got a contract. I would think that he most likely fits into the Manitoba Moose plans, uh, especially <laughs> considering how... Um, the logjam uh, with the big club right now. There's no spot for a player like that. However, you can definitely make an impression and make an impact and then hopefully have a great rookie season as a pro in the American Hockey League. But um, for a tournament like this where there's a lot of P&V, a lot of energy out there, uh, I think Winnipeg Jet fans, if they're not familiar with Tyrell Bauer and they watch these games over the course of the weekend, will certainly know the name by the time it's over. Yeah, that's... Um... That's well said, Huss. So we're looking forward to seeing you. We have the names. The first practice tomorrow. What is this going to be? The first like media availability at a, at Iceplex of the year. Like this talk season, it's here. I'm excited for it. And uh, and we got the yeah rookie camp Friday or tournament Penticton Friday. Jets versus Oilers, 6 p.m. Sunday, September 18, 4 p.m. And Monday. Oh, are we going head-to-head Monday with the Jets rookie camp? Apparently, it's at 1 p.m. on Monday. So. Oh, well, I mean, listen, those games are uh, happening uh, all the time. Maybe we can have a split screen or can something we do, like that. We can, maybe we'll talk, talk to the Jets. We can do our own split screen. We'll show it during the show. <laughs> will, we get, will we get taken down? Um, we'll have something well, we'll have speaking to look of next Monday. Speaking of next Monday, apparently, it's going to be a holiday for the queen's birthday. Now I'm not like, 
Oh, sorry, sorry. Funeral, not birthday. Yeah, thank, no, thank you, thank very you. Very different. That, that's yeah. They're very different. Very different. That's right. I'm not. I'm not sure whether we can become big time monarchists already after last week and expect to take the day off. And frankly, Monday shows are the best at this point yeah. because we will have. I, I think that despite the the mourning and sorrow for the Queen, we will be doing a show next week, and apparently, we might be uh, keeping you up to date on what's happening in Penticton as well as the as the event goes um by the way i know there's some chat people asking about what happened to the toilet that was stuck in the back of remo's place and how he disposed of it make sure to stay tuned that will be addressed that will be addressed later on this year and i can i can assure you it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but listen, Billick, Billick is going to join us right away. Uh, before we do that, big shout out to the guys over at Consolidated Supply. It is so great to have Spicy and uh, Joe and the gang on board with us. It's always nice to get new sponsors on, but especially when they are Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners. We really appreciate it. And hey, guys, I mean, when they've always been known as the leaders for landscaping, irrigation, golf. Um, they work with pretty much all the golf courses. They are the club cart dealer for Manitoba. So if you're looking to get a tricked out golf cart for either golfing or a business running around the campsites, Consolidated Supply is there for you. But they've also branched out into more things for landscaping, including outdoor kitchens, kitchens, hot tubs, and more. You want to put that putting green, that dream putting green in the back to help you out with artificial turf as well as irrigation. Uh, there's a lot that our friends at Consolidated Supply can do for you. And I'd suggest you pop down and see them. Got a great spot with everything on display over at 1395 Niagara Road East. But check them out online at cte.ca or give them a call at 204-470-3832. Um, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market are going to help us. We're going to talk to DQ Nick uh, later on about eating 23 burgers in the past week. Um, you know what? Maybe it's time post-burger week to get on a little bit of a more healthy sched with what you're putting into. And of course, Vita Health is stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products. Not to mention a great grab-and-go deli with delicious and healthy Vita Market salads, soups, and sandwiches ready to go at any of the seven locations. Vita Health's a great local company, empowering people to lead healthy lives for 85 years. Pop down and see them at one of seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and check out their fully shoppable website online at myvita.ca. Uh, I know uh, we've had a couple folks that contacted us about great experiences with Wallace and Wallace for their garage doors. We've always known them as the fencing experts in Winnipeg. And so all you need to do is run around this summer and see their fences and trucks all over the place. But they're also uh, one of the leading the, the leaders in garage doors, working with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world, with 161 styles of garage doors to choose from. There's a style that's right for your home. Not to mention, a new garage door can add up to 4% of the value of their home. Uh, despite supply chain challenges, Wallace & Wallace can still Get a new garage door delivered and installed in less than four weeks right now, just as things get crazy heading into winter. So find out more at wallacedoors.com. Give them a phone call or pop down and see them 
at uh, their showroom over on Lawson Road. And a big cheers to Pitt Turan and the great fan, great gang up at Aikens Lake, finishing up the fishing season for just a couple more weeks. And got some nice weather to finish up the season as well. If you're thinking about an incredible world-class fly-in fishing getaway where you can be on the water in just two hours from the city of Winnipeg, Aikens Lake is the spot. And as wonderful and amazing as the fishing is, the people and hospitality are even better. Online, check them out, AikensLake.com or on any socials at Aikens Lake. All right, let's get Billick in here. Let's get to it. Uh, we were just breaking down the uh, Winnipeg Jet rookie camp roster that came out. First question, uh, are you surprised that Cole Perfetti is on this list? Uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, he's got more NHL experience than most, but I mean, to be honest, with how long he's been out since playing, you know, competitive games since leaving last season, it's probably in his best interest, and I'm sure he's pretty excited to get out in a little more game preparation and get him as ready as he can possibly be as we get to um, as we get to the start of main camp. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that the reason why he's in the lineup is just that. I mean, the guy hasn't played hockey since since the spring, right? I mean, he obviously had his issues uh, with his injuries, um, and 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 now has a chance to can finally play some hockey. Didn't play in the World Juniors. Um, because he was still injured. Same thing with Chaz Lucius too, right? So, um, but it, you know, it, it's funny because we would look at Cole Perfetti playing in this tournament as no big deal if he hadn't played for the Moose for a full season and then played for the Moose and, and, and the Jets last year, right? I mean, that's Cole Perfetti's the, the kind of the anomaly here of all of these guys because he kind of got, uh, well, I think it was, it was the good end of the stick because he was able to just, you know, because the OHL wasn't playing, he was able to go and play and, and, and play with the Moose and then kind of move into the Jets and, and didn't have to play another game of junior after getting drafted uh, because of the pandemic. So, um, but no, I'm not, I'm not surprised in the sense that I, I think they just want him to get nice time to play again, that sort of thing. I, I don't think it means anything other than, than that. Uh, Cole Perfetti is going to be a, a big uh, fixture of this Jets team this season. And I think this just helps him get kind of hit the ground running as he goes into training camp, um, take a few knocks. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of owns this tournament. Um, uh, you know, he definitely has uh, the skill and ability to do that. How much rust does he have from not playing in the last little while? I guess that remains to be seen. Um, but, you know, he's been out there now for the last couple of days, uh, maybe the week now, uh, skating with his Jets teammates at, at the Iceplex. They're just kind of going through their little off-season skates that they do every morning. Um, but, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, I think I think he's, he's in a good spot and, and primed to kind of, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's Young Stars Classic. It's not that big of a deal. But, I mean, I think he can go in there and, and kind of put a stamp on it and, and yeah he and needs some reps ready. he needs reps he i mean yeah. it's pretty simple and, and 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 listen i mean as opposed to everybody else on this list scott um you know they'll all be looking to kind of show that you know they belong in the mix and hey don't forget about me as we go forward yeah. if there's injuries i mean cole perfetti is good at, i mean unless something significant changes in the next few weeks before we get to the opening game of the year i have a hard time imagining any scenario that doesn't involve cole perfetti playing in the top six and being leaned on to you know contribute at an nhl level right out of the gate because i mean the bottom line is with andrew kopp gone with uh, paul stastny gone those were guys that were often parts of that mix they're not there I mean, I guess Sam Gagne has come in and, you know, he'll be a guy that might play up and down the lineup depending on it. But yeah. for this team going forward, Cole Perfetti is going to be is going to be counted on to produce and be a part of a, a top two line in the, on the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at Cole Perfetti's season last year and you're like, 
okay, so he had a couple goals, five assists, you know, 18 games, I think it was, that he that he played. And you're like, yeah, you know, it's not great stats, but at the same time, if you watch those games, like, the thing about Cole Perfetti is he's just so smart. Like, the IQ's there. I know he's working on his skating. That's been a knock against him. He's not fast enough, that sort of thing. Um, you, you see with a lot of guys when they get to the NHL, I mean, they have to work on their skating. they got to get quicker. Um, that can be taught. It, 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 it's the stuff up here that, that, that can't be. And and all the time, and, and Perfetti, that's what he's good at. I mean, that's what Cole's good at. Uh, he's a smart player. Uh, makes good decisions with the puck, right? Like, he's he's a low event or uh, maybe low-risk kind of uh, a player with the puck, and that, that's what's good about him. And I think that serves this top six well. I mean, you have a lot of, I want to say risky players in the top six. I don't think that's true, but... Um, you know, you just have a, a better kind of defensive type of forward who also can can do great things at the opposite end of the ice. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he, he looks to figure in. Yeah, I think in the top six, um, you never know. Uh, you know, every time we say some guy's going to play in the top six, he never does. But uh, uh, we'll see how it goes this year. I mean, with the new coach, Rick Bonus and that sort of thing. I, I think, you know, Cole Perfetti, the only place for him to play is in the top six. I think he has that talent. Um, to do so, and and it looks like I mean, based on this off season, which has been pretty quiet, uh, looks like the Jets are going to be going to the youth well, especially on forward. Right, uh, you know, they have some places to fill, uh, some roster holes to fill, and they have a lot of youth that they can kind of fill it with. Uh, and maybe maybe don't even you don't even count Chaz Lucius out of this mix either, right? I mean, he's obviously in this rookie camp. He signed. Uh, he obviously figured there was something. Uh, you know, you don't really sign with a team giving up your last three years of college or whatever, if you don't think there's an opportunity. And, and I think the Jets are, have, have told him that you know, there is an opportunity for him to play this year um, and, and, and to play in uh, potentially in Winnipeg with the Jets. I mean, obviously he'll play for the Moose if not. Um, but I think Chaz Lucius, I mean, injuries and all, he can stay out of the, you know, out off the trainer's table and, and, and on, the, on the ice. And I think he's a guy that can also push um, for a spot out of camp um, just based on if you look at the roster, he might not be in the top six, obviously. Um, but here's a guy that could probably potentially play on the third line if, if he has a good showing at camp. So it should be interesting to watch those guys. And then the only other guy you'd be watching there is Brad Lambert. But we don't know who is um, where he's going to play this year yet. They haven't really announced yet publicly, at least. Um, what do you think? I mean, we were play. we were kicking that around before. Yeah. And I mean, there is a possibility he could play in the American League. Yeah. Considering the trajectory of his season last year, which was unfortunately for him going the wrong way after yeah. starting up as potentially a top three pick in the draft and, you know, being picked by the Jets at the end of the first round and playing with men the way that he did, I think the you know, maybe the smart money right now, I mean, then maybe where I lean would be going to the Western Hockey League and trying to have a monster year playing on a really good team in Seattle. And not only get, you know, your, you know, ability to play tons and be an important part of that team, but get the confidence up because between what happened going into the draft year and then with him not being in the lineup at the end of the world junior championships, I mean, you do worry yeah. about a guy that has tons of talent and can skate like the wind. There's a reason why he was a first round pick. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that the organization can do by putting him in the right situation that can get him maybe back to where he was at the beginning of last season and put him in a better spot to to make a difference on one of the two pro squads when he officially does become a professional. Yeah, I agree. I, I think his best spot is in the WHL. And, and it's twofold, right? It is one to get his confidence back. 
and two, I think it's just to play that the, the you know the Amer or the North American game right on the North American ice, you know, playing it in that in that kind of capacity. And, and then yeah, being leaned on as the guy. I mean, yeah, he was playing with men, but he wasn't the guy in Finland, right? I mean, he was just a young guy playing on the team. Um, obviously, it's good for him to play with men. I, you know, I know Kevin Shevoldayoff, uh, the general manager of the Jets, enjoys that. He likes that when when some of his He's liked in the Swedish guys that he's gotten out of the Swedish Elite League. Um, same with the Finnish League as well in Liga there. Um, but I, I do think so. I, I, I think so that I think that playing the WHL would allow him to play top line minutes every night, top power play, um, lots of minutes every night. And like you said, possibly run rampant on that league um, with what he's able to do and just get him kind of accustomed to playing in, in North America. Um, you know, he's obviously has roots here. I mean, he's the only guy in Finland with that English of a name, um, I believe, <laughs> that, that I can find. Yeah, uh, he's so the, he's the it, least Finnish-sounding Finnish yeah. player ever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, I, I think it's just, it'd be better for him to probably do that. But who knows? I mean, what the Jets saw with Cole Perfetti, right, when he went to play with the Moose, are some of these guys ready to go and play in the American Hockey League and, and do that? I mean... I think they would have preferred if Vili Hainala would have also stayed instead of going back to Finland that year, played in the American Hockey League because he was good enough to do that. Um, potentially, I mean, arguably, he was good enough to play in the NHL that first season. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how the team's going to change. It's kind of like that's something interesting now. Now there's a coaching change. Now there's a different set of eyes on how maybe how development happens, depending on how Rick Bonus, how, uh, you know, how how much he's kind of leaned upon for that. I, I'm interested to see how they deal with a guy like Brad Lambert. He'll be kind of the first guy where, you now here's the guy you can send to the AHL or you can send to the WHL. What do they think is best for him? And and is it going to pan out once they make that decision? And obviously I think the WHL is a, is a safe bet. Um, but if they believe Lambert can play in the AHL, well, maybe you put him in the AHL and let, let him see what he can do there. So well, uh, it'll be and, interesting. And yeah. especially because, I mean, I think it's highly likely that Chaz Lucius will be in the AHL. And right. You know what? I mean, we saw what Cole Perfetti was able to do at the AHL level a couple years ago. And, um, you know, if any, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, how he performs here in this tournament and how he performs in camp. Um, because I think that if he's able to earn and show that he's ready, I think the Winnipeg Jets would be more than happy to have a player playing here in Winnipeg under their watch as opposed to off in the Western League. But I think there has to be a realization that considering the season that Lambert had last year, yep. that the Western Hockey League might be the best route for him. And uh, that doesn't make him less of a prospect if they no. feel that junior hockey is the, the best way to move him forward. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that prides itself on drafting and developing. And this might be part of his development process, right? Is just take a step back, play junior um, and, and get your confidence back, get your legs back under you, um, get accustomed to the game, and then go from there. Yeah, like, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I'm just interested. I think it's, it, it'll be, it's interesting to see now um, what this team does with some of its prospects now that there's a new head coach. I mean, we know how Paul Maurice was um, with younger players, and it wasn't always easy for them to crack into the lineup. Um, I'm interested to see under Rick Bonus. Um, if he has any impact on how that kind of works and if he wants a guy in a certain spot, wants to keep tabs on whatever it might be. I'm interested just to see kind of how his uh, philosophy or impact on this team kind of impacts their uh, their prospect pool.
Well, one thing I think we can be sure of that plenty of the uh, players participating in this Young Stars tournament will end up being members of the Manitoba Moose this yeah. year. Um, you know, Nikonen and Torgerson came over and signed at the end of last season and got limited time in the American League. But I like what I saw from those two. And yep. I was just saying to Reem beforehand, the guy that I'm really excited to watch both in this event and in camp is Tyrell Bauer. And yes. I know you remember him last year from camp. I I had no idea who he was. And you couldn't take your eyes off him out there. I mean, he literally was hitting everything that moves. I mean, this is not an offensive guy, but plays with energy. He's got some size. And uh, I, I, I said before, and I, I was stand by it, if you're not sure about Tyrell Bauer, you watch these games and watch some at camp, you'll figure it out very quickly. Um, but unfortunately for him, as opposed to... And listen, I'm not suggesting at all that he's ready to play in the National Hockey League or anything right now, but it's such a different situation in this organization if you're a young forward or yeah. a young defenseman right now based on the logjam that still exists in the big club on the back end. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a little demoralizing, right, knowing that there isn't really a clear path to the NHL for some of these guys. I mean, even think about guys who've been around for a while. Simon Lundmark, Lundmark he played 57 games for the most last season. He's on the roster I'll get back to Terrell here in a second, but yeah, it's just, you know, that that's the thing. Like there's a, there's a log jam, as you said, and we don't even know if, if Dylan Sandberg and Billy Heinle will be in the same lineup in on the same night for, for the Winnipeg Jets this year, just based on, they only have one spot available and Logan Stanley's not going to be too keen on giving it up either. So, uh, you know, there's a three-way race at the moment as it stands with this roster um, for that final, uh, that kind of final spot on, 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 on the opening night roster. But yeah, going back to Terrell Bauer, I did a story on him in the summer. I, or well, just before they went to the Memorial cup and there's an actual, there's a pretty good uh, documentary. I think it's just on YouTube. If you go to Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, you type in Terrell Bauer, you can tell he had a big injury last year and he came back from it. Um, captain of the team led the team to the WHL championship and then went to the Memorial cup. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting. He's very, he's, I remember him from last camp, and the reason why he stood out because, as you said, he was, but he wasn't just hitting anybody. Like he was going after veteran players. He didn't <laughs> care, and and that was the best part about Terrell Bauer, is that he didn't seem to care who he went after. He was just trying to make an impression. He's a big boy. I think he's like six four, maybe something like six five. I, I don't know how big he, he's listed. Six three is listed, six, but sure. I mean, he, he, you know, six at least six five on skates. But he, he's a big kid. He can move the puck well, and 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 he's he's, I don't, you know, we don't want to make comparisons to Dustin Bufflin and anything like that, but the guy can hit. Like he's a big boy, um, and yeah, I I think I I want to see him just for that, but I I want to see what Terrell Bauer can do in camp again. I know, like we talked about the log jam and all that, but I think this is a guy who eventually could play, you know, bottom six kind of, or bottom pairing minutes for this team and have some sort of success. Uh, he's he he seems to have that drive. I mean, I'm just you know I've talked to the guy. I haven't talked to all these prospects, but just talking to Terrell and and what he was able to do this past season, overcoming his injury, coming back, and all this stuff. I I find it interesting. And and he's yeah, he's just he's kind of that defenseman. A lot of GMs, a lot of coaches like a big guy on the back end that can move the puck and hit people. And uh, I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out. And and and. Kind of how how many uh, kind of veterans uh, are taking a second glance when he's he's drilling them into the boards this year? So you know what we fun. 
we spend so much time talking about prospects on the forward and the blue line. I guess, I mean, as long as Connor Hellebuck's around, we don't really <laughs> spend a lot of time talking about goaltending and haven't for the last couple of years. Uh, oh. But, you know, we could be seeing a bit of a turn in the organizational depth when it comes to the goaltender position outside yeah. of Hellebuck. I mean, obviously, Eric Comrie's been pretty much a constant with the exception of a few waiver trips uh, around the league and back. He's now yeah. in Buffalo on a two-year deal. Uh, big save Dave's in to be the backup. <laughs> and I think right now we're going to see, I mean, it, this is going to be interesting. Arvid Holm gets an opportunity and this Finn, Oscari Salmonen, who we haven't had a chance to see. Both of those two guys, I would imagine, will get some playing time as well as the seventh rounder from this last year's draft, Dom uh, DeVentis, which I imagine is kind of further down on the road. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're looking for personality, uh, Dom, Dom, and I can't say his last name, but Divincentis. Divincentis, uh, yeah. But I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I think he would win out uh, just based on personality alone. But, but you know, I think Arvid Holmes, uh, you know, it's interesting. Arvid Holm, you know, we didn't really hear about him. He was playing in Sweden, didn't talk about him a lot. And last year he comes along, and he might be the next guy. I mean, he might be, he might overtake Mikhail Burden. We, and we don't know what's going to happen with Mikhail Burden after this season. I believe his contract is up. You know, where is he going to go? Do, do, do the Jets see him as a backup? Or is he, you know, maybe a little too risky as a as an NHL backup? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, we I love the way that, that Mikhail Burden plays. Uh, I'm not sure how well it fits in the NHL with the style. and, and But we'll see. Uh, but I think Arvid Holm has come around as this, you know, big, imposing kind of guy um, in the net that, that's played well. And, and I'm interested to see kind of how he... Um, uh, well, we'll see what happens with Burden this year in the AHL, but um, you know, I think Arvid Holm might be the guy that actually you know ends up becoming Connor Hellbuck's backup. I don't know though who uh, ends up becoming their next starting goaltender, and that's kind of what you you know alluded to a little bit there. It's uh, you know Connor Hellbuck's contract's up in two years after after yep. this year, uh, so mm -hmm. it's you know that's the thing. Like the goaltending position is a bit of a question mark if they can't re-sign Hellebuck in a couple of years time. And, and that's maybe where the biggest kind of concern is right now. For now, you know, they have the 2020 Vesna winner between the pipes and, and they have other guys. I mean, they're looking at, and I, I, uh, I can't even pronounce the, the Finn's last name at the moment, but uh, Oscari Salmonen. Salmonen. Oscari Salmonen. We'll see what he looks like, obviously um, what he can do. Um, but yeah, I'm interested more and more in Arvid Holm and how much he's going to get looked at with the moose this year. Uh, depending which way they feel that they're going to actually end up going on Mikhail Burden uh, and how that's going to work. So, Scott, great stuff. Um, uh, we'll look forward to it. I know you and the gang over at the Sun will be uh, all over the uh, activities in Penticton on the weekend. And then uh, real live skates with real live NHL players getting going next week. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, anytime, Huss. Appreciate it. There it is. Our guy, Scotty Billick from the Winnipeg Sun with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Mike McIntyre is teed up and going to join us right away. By the way, if you're watching this after the fact, the why not question of the day today is which Jets prospect are you most looking forward to seeing in person on the ice in the uh, Penticton tournament? Leave a note in the comments as to uh, the guy that's going to catch your eye. Um, all right, Mike's coming up next. And of course, I should mention uh, our great friends at Not Autocorp, in addition to the uh, why not question of the day, great sponsors of ours since day number one and you know, with the change of seasons, 
Kids getting ready for hockey season. You might be spending a lot of time running around in those cars. It might be time for a new vehicle. And if you're thinking about a new vehicle before you do anything, pop down and see the experts at Not Auto Corp, the incredible vehicles on the lot, including a number of Teslas as Winnipeg's number one Tesla seller for years here in Winnipeg. Uh, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? And if the car or vehicle that you're looking for isn't on the lot, the experts at Not will source it, get it here to Winnipeg, and get you into it at the best possible price. Pop down and see them, as well as the Winnipeg Car Lab, all at Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery, and you can check them out online at not.ca. Uh, lots of NFL gear coming in to Royal Sports as the uh, NFL kickoff is officially underway. Uh, regardless, even Bronco fans that haven't lost faith after last night can go and get geared up for the upcoming year. And, of course, I know there'll be a lot of interested Jet fans looking to see who the roster is and maybe getting a new jersey for the upcoming season with one of the newer players on the club. Royal Sports, Jets, uh, Jets merch, Bombers, CFL, NFL, NBA, Blue Jays, of course, and uh, international soccer, it's all there. And they are, of course, the biggest hockey superstore in town as well. So before you hit the ice, hit Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And hey, as we now pass Labor Day and get into the fall, you might be thinking it's time to uh, spice up that wardrobe a little bit. And uh, hey, for guys here in Winnipeg, it all starts at F Apparel down at 190 Smith Street. Custom clothing and suits for men with custom suits beginning at just $400. Had the pleasure of hooking up with Andrew, going over there, going through the entire process. Simple, easy, picking out the color I wanted, what sort of fabrics, what sort of style and cut I wanted. And uh, a few weeks later, had a great suit to wear out throughout the winter when, uh, whenever I've got to dress it up. F Apparel is the place to go, gents. Uh, and if you are planning a wedding, talk to them about a 15% discount for suits for the entire squad. Always at F Apparel. EPHapparel.com online or pop down and visit them in person. Uh, down at 190 Smith Street downtown. And hey, a big shout out to our friends at Breezy Bend. Again, uh, uh, working on more additions to the course. couple new greens coming in now that the Canadian Mid-Am and Senior Women's has been taken care of. Uh, but we're already getting ready for next season right now. And if you're looking for a great home for you and your family at Winnipeg, one of Winnipeg's top private golf courses, Breezy Bend is the spot. Give our good friend Corey Johnson a call about getting on the waiting list for next year or find out more online at breezybend.ca. All right. Do want to talk some bombers with Mike McIntyre, but I'm sure we'll be continuing our Jets conversation that we opened the show with and just hit with Scott Billick. Let's bring in Mike for his weekly visit on Winnipeg Sports Talk today. Mike, what's up? How was your uh, how was your weekend? Did you take in the banjo bowl? In, uh, in person, we were finishing up. Uh, we got our flooring done. Our house is now finally back to uh, back to some sense of normalcy. But uh, so I, I had that on and, and couldn't make the game. I did catch most of it though on TV, and uh, that was a banjo bowl beatdown. Uh, really typical of the the Riders Bombers rivalry and I'll throw that in quotations because it has been very one-sided um, most recently that's two straight banjo bowl blowouts and uh, I believe six straight bomber head-to-head -head victories going all the way back now to 2019 so I know we like to tout this as a great rivalry to me one of the 
one of the cornerstones of a rivalry is that it's competitive. And my goodness, the Bombers have, um, I mean, they're doing that, of course, pretty much to the whole league, right? Like they've separated themselves from the pack. I suppose, you know, Calgary's in the mix, but the Bombers have had their way with the Stamps as well this year. They are just operating on another planet. And one of the things, Haas, I find interesting to play a team like Saskatchewan two weeks in a row, maybe we take you know, what Mike O'Shea and, and company have done with this team for granted. But you see a team like Saskatchewan and how undisciplined they are. It's the inmates are running the asylum in a lot of cases. And you see things happen that just simply do not happen in the, in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers system. And I imagine not only Mike O'Shea, but even the leaders on this team, the Adam Big Hills, the Willie Jeffersons, like guys like that, they wouldn't tolerate a lot of the BS and, you know, the, the the circus that goes on with some of these undisciplined penalties. And it, it just, you know, it's hard enough to win in any professional sports league. But when you're doing things that are, are basically beating yourselves. Uh, and so I think, you know, these last couple of weeks to me, Labor Day and now the Banjo Bowl have just served up a reminder of just what an incredible program and climate has been created in Winnipeg and you know we are bomber fans are are very much spoiled by what they've seen here for the last few years and they show no signs of slowing down uh it it is impressive in the extreme well you mentioned the climate and I know you were uh you were not there with boots on the ground it was as good of an atmosphere as I can ever remember for a football game at IG Field and dating back to the Winnipeg Stadium days and You know, it's a credit to everybody involved in that organization, on the field, off the field as well. But, I mean, Mike, two hours before the game, I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder in that Princess Auto tailgate area. You saw people in all sorts of parking lots getting together with friends. And then, I mean, the atmosphere inside the building was at a fever pitch, take that kickoff, and it really didn't subside with the exception of maybe a one little quiet lull at the beginning of the second half when the Riders ran that kickback for a touchdown. Um, but back to your point about the discipline, we had Nick Dembski on the program last week, and I sort of asked him, I said, hey, Nick, how do you, what do you think would happen if a guy that wasn't dressed for the Bombers on the sidelines in civvies got in somebody's face and turned a second and three into a second and 13 at a crucial time in the game. And he sort of chuckled. He said, well, I don't want to speak for Mike O'Shea, but I'd be surprised if the guy was there the next day. And uh, it really is the difference between the standard that this football team has established, that is all of their stars buy into, and how it really winning begets more winning. They do all the things in the right way, and more often than not, they get the results that they deserve. Well, and you know, I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but let me throw this out, Huss. Uh, it's been reported that Mike O'Shea doesn't have a contract beyond this season, and that's part of apparently how he and Wade Miller and company and Kyle Walters, they just do business that way. And, and hey, who's to question the success that group has had? But if I'm every other CFL organization, are, are you not doing everything possible to, to try and lure a guy like Mike O'Shea and what he's done in Winnipeg. And again, I'm not stirring the pot. I, I don't think Mike O'Shea's going anywhere. This is a guy, he can write his own ticket here in Winnipeg. And, you know, why would he want to give up what he's got going on here? 
We know Edmonton made some approaches last year and that didn't get anywhere. So I'm not saying that anybody would have any success, but my goodness, um, if, if you're any other CFL organization right now, I, I would think you're trying to emulate everything the Bombers are doing on the field, off the field, game day experience, culture, you know, player recruitment, everything. Like they are the gold standard. And, and that who, who could have thunk that, right? A few years back, <laughs> uh, coming off, you know, the, the dark times that uh, fans and this city endured, uh, um, you know, soak it up, folks. Uh, hopefully it lasts a long time. Um, but uh, these really are the, the best days uh, of, of our lives uh, for a sports fan. I mean, if you're a fan of the Bombers, it doesn't get any better than this. No, it absolutely doesn't. And, um, you know, hey, they're, uh, they'll be prohibitive favorites going forward to uh, win a third consecutive Grey Cup. And, you know, we were talking about this last night, watching the Monday Nighter over a couple of beers. And one of the guys said, well, listen, if Mark Trestman can go for the Montreal Alouettes and be hired as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. I mean, we're watching what happened last night with Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos and some of the other head-scratching coaching moves. I mean, like I don't think it's realistic to talk about Michael Shea all of a sudden being an NFL candidate. And I guess part of the reason, maybe unfairly to him, is that he's a Canadian. He's a Canadian player. Right. He's the CFL lifer. This is what he knows. And he's the best in the biz right now. Uh, but there could be an out-of-the-box thinker that looks at everything that Mike O'Shea has done, and maybe not coming in and being the head coach, but being a very impactful signing on a coaching staff, which would scare <laughs> folks. But I think the good thing is he certainly does seem like he is um, loving every minute of being the head of this football team. His players are rewarding him with the efforts and the results that they've been getting, and I don't think Michael Shea's thinking much uh, else, but beating the Hamilton Tiger Cats, going one and zero this week, as they say, and hopefully winning another Great Cup. Forget about the NFL or other CFL teams. I can think of a certain local hockey team. Not that they would be trying to recruit him to join their organization, but perhaps to pick his brain about what what things, what steps they took. You know, some of the intangibles that that aren't so easy to measure. Like if I'm true north, I would love to have a lunch, a dinner, whatever, with Mike O'Shea and company, just to get a sense. And I know these guys talk, and you know, th there's chatter, you know, that goes on in any event. But I would think, I mean, given what we know, the Jets have been trying to build here for years. When you see a team in your own backyard, like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and what they've managed to do relative to all of their competition. You'd be foolish to not try and see if you can, you know, get some of that knowledge uh, coming your way and and somehow use it uh, to your tactical advantage. So maybe that's already happening. But uh, if I'm Mark Chipman, Kevin Chevaldeoff and company, uh, I am I, I'm trying just even if it's through osmosis, I would want <laughs> I would want to be around the bombers as much as possible and hope it rubs off on me. Well, speaking of the Winnipeg Jets, Mike, we got the uh, rookie camp list. We sort yeah. of went through that earlier on. The why not question of the day, by the way, hit us up in the comments, which young player you're most looking forward to seeing at the tournament this weekend. I guess the first thing sort of stood out when the Jets threw out that infographic with the young men that will be representing the squad out in Penticton was the Colt Perfetti's on the list, and he was the feature player there. And 
Listen, I think in normal circumstances, he wouldn't be there. But as we talk with Billick, listen, I think uh, it kind of makes sense, especially for such a big camp where I think a lot of is going to be uh, expected and counted on from Cole Perfetti to get him some extra reps against maybe some lesser competition that you're going to be getting in an actual pro camp and try and give him both just, you know, some game experience that yeah. he hasn't had in a long time to get ready for a very important training camp and a very important player in this organization. Yeah, I think in a way, Huss, this is sort of the other shoe to drop with regards to Cole Perfetti not taking part in the World Juniors. Like, I think the Jets didn't say it at the time, but this was the plan, right? That they knew... Um, in addition to training camp and preseason games, and I would expect, by the way, Cole Perfetti, the Jets have six preseason games. I'll set the over-under at uh, at, at least four uh, and maybe take the over on that in terms of how many games Cole Perfetti gets in because I think they're going to want to try and get him up to speed after missing the last half of last season uh, at such a young age. Uh, but they, they knew that they were going to include him on this uh, Young Stars roster, and I think it's a great move. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to be too um, tied up in in results. Like, on paper, you'd say, well, a guy like Cole Perfetti, he should be able to go and dominate the Young Stars tournament because he's his development curve is so far ahead of kind of everybody else, not only on his own Young Stars team, but the other teams that the Jets are going to face. I wouldn't be focused so much on how many goals can he score or how many points does he get I think it's more about just getting him into game situations and it's a great a great way to get a few extra reps in prior to main camp starting next week where I expect Cole Perfetti is going to be a featured part of training camp because when you look up front and what the Jets lost in Paul Stasny Andrew Kopp at the trade deadline and what they didn't go out and get in this offseason, it certainly puts onus on a guy like Cole Perfetti that they are there there will be big expectations. It would appear he's got a spot, you know, certainly waiting for him in the top six, whether that's playing with Shifley and Ehlers, playing with Dubois and Connor. Uh Cole Perfetti is going to get every opportunity to, you know, thrive in in this climate. So he is for sure. You know, uh, to me, Huss, there's three players that I'm watching really closely in the Young Stars. Cole Perfetti's number one. The other two would be Chaz Lucius and Brad Lambert for slightly different reasons. But those are the three that I'm certainly watching um, closely this weekend. Well, and, and, you know, we'll talk about Lucius in a minute. But Lambert's fascinating in that, you know, I'm, we've had plenty of time to talk about it since he was drafted by the Winnipeg Jets. And by all accounts, fell to the Winnipeg Jets at 30th after being, you know, a top five prospect at the beginning of the season. And, you know, he wasn't playing in junior hockey. He was playing in a senior league with men. It didn't go particularly well. And, you know, compared to the way he started the initial World Juniors at Christmas with, what, two goals, three assists in two games, um, he was a non-factor, not even part of the uh, finished team in the last game, I believe the last two games of the tournament in the medal round. Healthy scratch, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I think if anything... You know, a good camp for Brad Lambert would be great for him personally and individually. And, you know, I'll ask you this. I mean, what do you think the most logical route for him this year is it? I mean, I'm sure they'd love to have him playing with the Manitoba Moose, but I think there's an argument considering the season that he had last year that it might make sense to be an impact player on a Seattle team that won a championship last year that should be a really good squad 
and to both get the playing time yeah. opportunity up and also maybe just a full reset of confidence moving into a very new situation. Where are you at all on that? Yeah, it, it really it's interesting. They have more options with Brad Lambert than really anyone else in the organization right now. And, and there's really four potential options for Lambert. Plus he could go back to Europe where he played last year, but he doesn't have a contract as of today with anybody. Uh, he could make the Winnipeg Jets. Um, unlikely, I would say. Or as you point out, uh, he could go to the Western Hockey League where he has yet to appear, but the Seattle Thunderbirds own his rights. And as you say, looks like they're going to have a good squad. But then there's also the AHL route. Um, normally, someone of his age, having just been drafted, would not be eligible. But he's a European. Uh, and so there is that route that they could take. Um, you know, we've seen it in the past. Guys like Christian Veselainen, who start their, their pro career a little earlier. So to me, Huss, I think we can probably rule out, barring something really unexpected, him making the Jets out of camp. I think we can rule out going back to Europe because it would appear that that really that's a big reason why he fell last year is the environment over there, unless they found him another spot to play. So to me, that leaves two options, the Moose and the Thunderbirds of the Western Hockey League. It is interesting that there's been no talk, at least so far, about him being included like on the Thunderbirds training camp roster. And I get that, you know, guys who are attending pro camps a lot of those guys started already, like the Wheat Kings, the Ice. They had guys here for a few days. They're now going to NHL camps, and then they'll come back. Lambert didn't start with the Thunderbirds. Um, I'm really curious, and we may hear from him tomorrow. <clears throat> the, the Young Stars are having a skate at the Iceplex at 1.30 tomorrow, and then there's going to be an avail after before they head off to BC. So I suspect we'll talk with Brad Lambert. Maybe we'll get a little clarity as to what the plan is, but... Um, I do wonder if they are contemplating, you know, bringing him in under their own developmental system with the Manitoba Moose. Now, I think there's pros and cons to that. And certainly the pros are that this is a guy who's already played against older, bigger, stronger men. He was doing that over in Europe, but he struggled. So is that the environment that they want him? The AHL would be a, a tougher league than the one he just came from over in Europe. Um, I think Huss, the best thing for his confidence is probably playing against his peers and enjoying some success, something he really hasn't done in terms of just playing against guys his own age here. And that's where the Western Hockey League, to me, would make the most sense. But I guess as each day goes by and we don't hear more chatter about a potential assignment to the Western Hockey League, it does leave that, that pro route open, the idea that they would start him with the moose and they could always assess where they're at. They could reassign him to junior, maybe if they didn't like how things were going with the Moose. But I do wonder if that is almost at the top of the list right now for plans with Brad Lambert. Yeah, well, uh, you make a great point too, Mike. I mean, I think you know I'm really interested to hear from Brad, uh, you know, with his first time here in Winnipeg as a member of the organization, you know, with this event coming up on the weekend and hear sort of what his thoughts and goals are. I'd imagine publicly he'd say, hey, I want to come in and make the Winnipeg Jets. Right. If that's not happening, though, um, you know, where does it make more sense? And you mentioned the other guy, Chaz Lucius. I mean, Lucius is signed. He would seem to most likely be a Moose player to begin the year. But, you know, with some of these prospects, much like we've seen in the past, from an organizational standpoint, I think there is a benefit to 
having young players like that kind of come in, cut their teeth in the American Hockey League together at the same time. I mean, hopefully you can maybe work out some chemistry if the guys are playing together, but also to have other players sort of in similar situations as they are right now at the same point in their career, sort of go through things together. I think there's something to be said for that as well. Uh, And that is the reason why I kind of think that to your point, I think that he shows that he's capable of hanging around at that level. I think they prefer to have him closer to home. I think they prefer to be able to watch him and maybe start some of those relationships with potential future teammates right out of the gate at the AHL level as opposed to being on the other side of the continent in Seattle. Well, and Lucius is a guy, of course, he was playing in the U.S., uh, but he now um, signed his his entry-level deal. His Western Hockey League rights are owned by Portland, which, again, is another really strong Western Hockey League program. So there are there is that option as well. But again, Lucius, he, he wasn't in Winterhawks training camp and then now is joining the Jets. And part of that is because I suspect he's playing in the Young Stars event. But again, they do have those those three options with him. Europe would not be a realistic option for Lucius, but they do have the you know, the the Western Hockey League, the American Hockey League, or the National Hockey League if he came and kind of blew the doors off. And, you know, us, we talked a lot this summer about the lack of of signings by the Jets, of player movement uh, when it comes to the forwards, that there really wasn't a whole lot other than, you know, Saku Manalainen and Kevin Stenland, um, Alex Limoges. Like, they're re- they really, those are depth guys that might be kind of competing 13th, 14th, first recall, that kind of thing. You do wonder, like, where do the Jets internally view guys like Lucius and Lambert in terms of potential options? And if they have them on the moose to start the year and they like what they see, I mean, and they're trying to usher in a real youth movement, certainly up front, uh, maybe, maybe the time is now for guys like that. And I think that's why, you know, I'm really interested to see what they do at the Young Stars event. Obviously, a good showing there would help their cause. Um, But I also accept guys like Lucius and Lambert will get a good look in the preseason as well against other NHL competition. And again, they don't have to make these decisions today or next week. Uh, But it is interesting that they have so many options with these two first rounders in, in Lambert and Lucius. And um, it leads to some fun speculation about where things could could end up with them. T. Conopoli in chats asking, uh, was Bauer in T-Bird camp? Well, uh, that would be a no because he just finished his 20-year-old year. He's too yeah. old right now, and he will be a pro. And I- I'll tell you what, I mean, of the guys on the blue line, and I'm sure that my answer might be different after watching some of the games, but considering what we saw from Bauer in training camp last year and the aggressiveness that he showed... Um, I'm very much, and I think a lot of Winnipeg Jet fans are going to have their eyes open about this young man if they haven't seen him before. So I remember at camp last year, and I, I heard Billick on just before me talking about Bauer, because I, I remember vividly, Scotty and I were actually standing together behind uh, one of the nets at the Iceplex, and they were doing like a battle drill in front of the net. And I think it was just Scotty and I that day, and we had never really seen much of Bauer. Um, this guy gave no Fs about, about asserting his authority. And he stood out in a major way. And part of that was, 
you know, we were coming into camp last year, like we hadn't seen Brandon Dillon yet. Kind of the same way that Dillon opened some eyes in camp. Remember when he started hitting everybody? Uh, he took runs at, you know, Veselainen and he even knocked, I think, Blake Wheeler once, or Mark Scheifele, sorry, knocked on his ass in a drill. Like, that's just something you hadn't seen much. Well, what we saw from Terrell Bauer, he was he stood out from all the other defensive prospects because he had that meanness, that aggression. I have no idea if he's got the skill set to hold up under the rigors of full-time NHL work. Certainly things like foot speed, mobility, you know, those are those are issues that I know he talked last year with us about working on that he knows he has to get better at. But if you just talk about a guy who can clear the front of the net and, you know, have his teammates back, like there were there were certain things he did last year that I remember watching thinking he's got like some Jacob Truba type elements in the way Truba used to do a lot of that. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be Jacob Truba. As I say, I, I have no idea what his ceiling is and if he projects. I know some people have said he projects to just be an AHL defenseman. Uh, but it'll be fascinating to see, you know, what what a year of development has done for him. And I'll also say this, Haas, he was the captain of that team out there and said, like, this guy oozes uh, character, personality, leadership. Uh, he's the kind of guy, you know, if you're going to battle, you love to have a guy like that kind of with you. Um, so, yeah, he'll be another guy, certainly on the back end when we talk. And look, we know, Haas, right now the, the blue line is pretty crowded within the organizational pipeline. He's not making the Jets out of camp this year, but he certainly could be an integral part of the Moose Blue line. And he's a guy that'll be interesting to kind of watch what a year of, of pro hockey can do, uh, you know, to, to his game. Staying on the blue line, uh, you know, another interesting player that I'll be uh, very um, fascinated to see how he, you know, projects over the course of this tournament, but more so when we get into camp, is Dmitry Kuzman, who's a Belarusian defenseman that the Jets took what do they take him in the third round of the 2021 draft went and played in Flint last year had 44 points in 57 games you know from talking to people in and around the organization this is a guy that you know I want to say is necessarily under the radar as a third round pick but someone that I think they do have some high hopes for down the road and I think we all know that this blue line for the Winnipeg Jets will probably be significantly different in a year, certainly in two years. And, you know, the likes of Kuzman, potentially Bauer, Simon Lundmark, as well as all of the guys that had been pressing for time with the Moose last year could very well be the core of a Jet Blue line sort of 24 months from now. Well, and don't forget another guy that we won't see at the Young Stars this year because he just turned 18 and he's playing over in Sweden. But the second rounder that they got in the Andrew Kopp trade, Elias Samuelson. I mean, there's a guy that they're extremely high on. And he's, you know, he was 17 when they drafted him in Montreal back in the summer. Like, he's still a couple years away for sure of coming over here. But there's another young blue liner. And, you know, for all the talk, you know, we go back to 2018 and all the changes on the Jets' blue line, you know, whether it was Bufflin and Truba and Myers and, and Sherratt, like, you know, what the Jets had in that run to the Western Conference final and what they lost in kind of the year or so after. Like, the blue line had to go undergo an extreme makeover, and we're starting to see the fruits of that labor. There was a real focus on drafting development of, of blue liners, and it's starting to pay off, right? And uh, 
you know, that what once was a bit of a weakness for the Jets certainly appears to now be becoming a strength. Uh, Do we have a Piper sighting or a Piper hearing right now? A lot of interest as to the whereabouts of Piper for today's visit, Mike. Yeah, no, she's in the backyard. Uh, I don't know if there's an intruder or perhaps a uh, rabbit or something going on, but she's she's barking up a storm, but... uh, Making herself uh, known. Um, back to this Young Stars camp. Um, what do you make of the goalies? And, and and maybe the goaltending situation for the Winnipeg Jets outside of Connor Hellebuck and Big Save Dave. Big Save Dave, who's on a one-year deal, will look to sort of reestablish himself and get another deal, whether it's here or elsewhere. But, um, I, I mean, is Mikhail Burden even back yet? I mean, I know he's got one year left in his deal. I was right. very interested to see what his future is because, to be honest, he didn't have a great year last year with the no. Manitoba Moose. And now we're seeing Arvid Holm and uh, this Finn, uh, Oscar Salmonen, that they uh, they signed last year. Uh, just your thoughts on where the Jets are organizationally at the goaltending position. Yeah, you know, of course, for the longest time, when you got a Connor Hellebuck and he's doing his thing and, you know, winning the Vesna and uh, nominated another time and, it's not something that you really look at as, oh, they got to start addressing. Uh, but the Jets have sort of quietly been stockpiling various prospects in net, you know, kind of one per year, it would seem. Um, you know, the Eric Comrie, obviously, for a while, was seen as the heir apparent. And that, as we know, uh, that didn't play out now. He's, he's going to go do his thing out in Buffalo. Um as for Mikel Burden, you know, certainly some really unique tools there, but I'm not sure whether it's something that will ever translate at the NHL level. To me, a guy like Arvid Holm is fascinating. Like he's got, he's got the size, right? He's six five. I know just watching him the last couple of years, like he really stands out with his for his mobility for a big man, the way he moves. Um, you know, so he's a guy I think that you know he's 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 now. Uh, a little bit older, right? He was 98 birthday, so he's going to be going to be 25 or 24 coming up in in a couple months from now. Um, we know goalies can sometimes take a lot longer to develop, but he's the guy that I expect is going to push for more and more work at the at the AHL level with the Moose this year, and certainly that you know he could be maybe the guy uh, that they are looking at to potentially be a you know, a 1A, 1B kind of situation here in a few years. But you're right, Salmonen is a guy, they were really high on what he did over um, over in Finland. And uh, whether he can come here and kind of bring that, he's another guy with size 6'4". Um, you know, there, there's some interesting uh, prospects there. And the other, the third guy that's going to be at the Young Stars roster is the guy they just took in the seventh round. A uh, good friend of of uh, Rucker McGrory, uh, as we learned at the draft in Montreal, uh, Dominic, uh, and I, I'm going to butcher the name here, uh, Divensitis. Uh, I probably uh, butchered that, of course. He'll be headed back to the Ontario Hockey League this year, uh, but he's a guy on the character. He actually reminded me a lot of Eric Comrie just in chatting with him uh, at the draft in Montreal. A lot of just the love of the game and just, you know, everything about him, just constant smile on his face. So they do have some guys in the pipeline. Do they have a future Vesna Trophy winner um, percolating on the farm or ripening on the vine? I don't know, but would anybody have said, you know, when Connor Hellebuck was coming up with the moose, like would people have said that he's a future Vesna winner? I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, you never know. Goalies are voodoo, right? It's hard to sometimes figure out what you have with them. 
Well, you know, and while we're talking about it, um, and I brought up the name Mikhail Burden, you know, he'll be back presumably playing this year, presumably with the Manitoba Moose. And I guess if there's an injury, I mean, might get a call up. He still hasn't been in yeah. the game. But I really do wonder at this point what the Jets think of Mikhail Burden and his future long-term in with the organization. Of course, his KHL rights were traded, I believe, over the offseason. So that is always a potential landing yeah. spot for Russian players particularly. And, you know, how things work with the Moose, I mean, if they don't think that he's a long-term solution, do they maybe spend more time giving Holm and Salmon and starts in the American Hockey League potentially at the expense of Burden this year. I mean, listen, Burden's a hell of a lot of fun to watch, um, but he probably gives, uh, listen, you got to have the defibrillator around for head coaches sometimes when he's doing what he's doing. And, you know, after a pretty subpar last year, I think he's got a ton to prove to stick around as an option in the future for this organization. And, you know, as we're seeing with this this Young Stars roster, uh, there's some young guys that the Jets have used draft capital on that are maybe a little earlier on in their path that might benefit more from the playing time, the limited minutes that are available as you can only have one goalie in the net. Well, it's a great point. And, you know, the Jets don't have for, they don't have their own ECHL affiliate right now, Huss. So it does seem to be that there's a potential log down there and I'll be curious to see how it sorts itself out. Cause like you say, you can only play one at a time and there's a lot of guys it would seem um, who need to get, you know, some reps and where are they going to get those reps? Um, you know, that remains to be seen, I guess, like anything though, you can never have enough depth, um, never have enough options. And the Jets certainly would seem to have, again, maybe quantity more than quality. It's hard to say the quality uh, that they have in the pipeline, but they certainly have a number of bodies kind of percolating right now. And uh, we'll see how it sorts itself out. Of course, one of the big questions is, is Connor Hellebuck here just for the next year or two? Is he going to be re-upped beyond the expiration of his deal? And, you know, if Connor Hellebuck signs a long-term extension to basically play out the rest of his career in Winnipeg, then I don't think this becomes such a concern. At that point, you're talking about guys competing for the backup job for the next, you know, number of years. But if Connor Hellebuck is suddenly gone one or two seasons from now, well, then there's an added sense of urgency to find out exactly what you have. And if you don't believe you have the the next guy within your system, better go out and find him uh, if you want to be competitive. I'm not sure I'm ready to even think about the Winnipeg Jets without Connor Hellebuck at this point. Maybe we'll couch that for a later date, but it is a good point. I mean, there's so much about this season uh, and, and even the first 20, 25 games, I think, Mike, that is going to be considering the mid, the major moves that I think many people thought were in the offing that didn't happen this offseason. I, I really do think that the first two months of the year, depending on how things go, could absolutely sort of guide Kevin Day off down the path that will eventually be either moving some of these guys earlier for more assets or knowing that, hey, you know what? We believed in these guys. They're getting the job done. They're proving right. us right. And moving forward, almost moving on from last year as a one-off, a blip, a disappointment, if you will. Well, you wonder if somewhere in his office, Haas, if he's got like two buttons on his table, he's got like the, the, the door number one and the door number two option. And you're right. I mean, how the season begins uh, may end up determining a lot of, of, of the path that they choose. And 
which button he, he hits. And I guess for some, it might be the panic button uh, if the Jets don't get off to a good start. But uh, certainly a lot of questions, and it'll be interesting. Chevalier off. He's going to speak, uh, I believe, next Thursday as camp kind of officially gets underway. Uh, so I suspect we'll get a little more sense of the sleepy summer and for the Jets and kind of what it all means, you know, in his view, uh, how much added focus, pressure, whatever does that put on the start of this season? What is the plan for not only this year, but the next few years? Uh, certainly we'll have no shortage of questions for the GM once camp gets underway. No doubt about that. Great chat as always. Go give Piper a bone or something. She's losing it today. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a delivery guy going around in our neighborhood uh, here. So I think she's not very happy with, uh, with the pedestrian traffic. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go wrangle her now. Thanks for putting up with her. I oh, appreciate it as always, Mike. And uh, hey, you know, we'll see you at the rink sometime soon. Now that we're going to actually have bodies on the ice and uh, lots to talk about here on the program. Looking forward to it. Take care. Thanks. There's Mike McIntyre. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mike McIntyre. Of course, uh, covering the Winnipeg Jets and the uh, all the sports world over at for the Winnipeg Free Press and at winnipegfreepress.com. Uh, we got to give a huge shout out and uh, thanks to our friends at Princess Auto. What a scene it was before the game at the Princess Auto tailgate party on the weekend. And a big congratulations to Princess Auto team Jennifer Jones, who won their first tournament in their new incarnation with the Zacharias team. Congratulations to the women. And uh, we'll look forward to getting Jen and Mackenzie on at some point as well very soon. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers and Manitoba's Cop Top Curlers and the place where you'll find the best assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West or shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com. Uh, our friends at Culligan Water have been the water experts in the biz, serving Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba for over 65 years as a family owned business. Uh, and they really do have everything that you and your family will need, whether it's for the home, the cottage, or your business. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see them. Culligan Water at 1200 Sargent Avenue, 694-5180 if you want to give them a call or check out everything Culligan can do for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. Uh, a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. Uh, I saw a lot of people enjoying the CC and ginger and cans at the game on the weekend. And if you haven't tried it already, there's still plenty of time to pop by your local beer store or liquor mart and uh, save yourself the time of mixing your cocktails and getting the ingredients because the great taste of Canadian Club and ginger ale is ready to drink in six packs at your local beer store or Manitoba Liquor Mart. And of course, the riders are back on the 30th of September. You can get all the great Canadian Club products at IG Field as Canadian Club is the official whiskey and official sponsor of your back-to-back -back Grey Cup champions. And as I mentioned right off the top of the show, uh, great night last night watching Monday Night Football at Boston Pizza. Going to be a great, great year this year. And... Uh, we entered in for two 
awesome grand prize trips for an NFL weekend in Vegas. A couple great games, too. First trip's going to be given away in early November. It's the long weekend with Remembrance Day. You'll see the Raiders and Colts, plus the Golden Knights and the Blues on Saturday night. And the second trip is New Year's Eve weekend, Raiders 49ers, plus the Knights and Predators on New Year's Eve. Watch the NFL and enter to win at any Winnipeg, Selkirk, Steinbach, Morden, and Portage Boston Pizza location. Make sure to enjoy delicious Boston pizza, pizza flights, cold beers, and more with Monday Night Football at your local Boston Pizza. Well, at BP, there's a few folks that got in. I was more wings last night. I love the BP wings. Uh, but there were a number of people trying their entry into Burger Week. Uh, the Dill Burger looked amazing. Um, but we did promise that we'd do a little segment on Burger Week. There's a couple days left. And our guy, DQ Nick, has been pounding the pavement, eating as many burgers as he's been able to, over 20 in the past week. And we figured with a couple days left, let's bring Nick in to find out which were the best burgers for those of you that want to catch Last Call on Burger Week. A little stop from sports for a minute with some food talk here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. DQ Nick himself. We know the Nick and Nicky DQ group, but for this, well, we often talk about the great stack burgers that you have, but you've been doing some major market research for the last couple of weeks. What's going on? Thanks for having me, Huss. Yeah, uh, took a br- uh, break from the DQ burgers for a week and... Uh, just been crushing um, the Burger Week burgers. We were talking at the Banjo Bowl, and we were figuring maybe we'd do this at the end of last week, but you had a few more targets that you wanted to get to before you've come on. Um, How many burgers have you had in the last nine to 10 days, and and how's the gut doing? Gut is starting to feel it, I'll be honest with you. It did hit the gym the last couple of days, though. That was just mental. But having said that, I'm at 23 in nine days, so... I'll be honest, a couple of those have been split because I always do a little burger tour with the guys and we hit five or six locations and split them. So it's, you know, um, so it's achievable. But yeah, 23 as of last night. I might do one or two more, but I think I'm I'm pretty much done. <laughs> Getting close to the finish line. Well, yeah. listen, we appreciate all this market research because <clears throat> there's a lot of people that maybe had one. They realize, oh, they've only got a couple days left. We figured we would get a true expert in here to uh, fill us in on uh, if you only have one or two left in you, where you should go. Now, listen, before we get to your five favorites of what you've tried so far, give us one or two that might not be on the top five per se, but that stood out for some sort of reason. Maybe a wild or wacky burger that you had to try. Uh, well, 529 was back. So I got a lot of lot of action on the 529 burger, um, the classic $100 burger. It's... I mean, it was, I'll be honest. I mean, it was good. You could taste the ingredients. You could taste the quality, but it was, it was a little much. It had a whole bunch of lobster, some foie gras, a tenderloin. I mean, all the components were good, but together it was just a little much. Um, Probably prefer their $21 burger. If you've ever had that one, it's outrageously good. Um, That was a little much. Um, Shout out to Underdogs. They made a really good, uh, what was it? donut french toast donut burger um yeah with with all sorts of stuff on that that was that was interesting um yeah you know what there were some really really good ones uh yet to try confusion corner a lot of people say that one's probably the best one out there um 
It's going to be tough to beat Tommy's, but a lot of people say confusion corner. So if I'm going to have one more, it'll probably be that confusion corner burger. Um, Boston pizza always makes a good burger. People don't think of the Boston pizza burger, but shout out to my buddy, Sean at Keniston. He always creates something excellent and BP goes with it. Um, so the running up the Dill burger was awesome at BP. Um, we saw a few of those last night. I was at BP for Monday Night Football watching the game. Right. And <laughs> what a game. I'm still laughing about the end of that. Uh, but yes, the Dill Burger was very popular at BP. And I can tell you, I have not come even close to the participation level that you have had. However, I have had the Toba at Confusion Corner. Right. And it's awesome. Uh, it's, okay. you know, one of those ones. It's all local stuff. I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, the Bothwell cheese and stuff. Anyways, it was it was great. It is really cool to see all these restaurants kind of step up, do something special for a few weeks. And honestly, Rick, you would see this it, 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 seriously, and especially being someone in the restaurant business, um, this is a big boost for a lot of, um, you know, local businesses that frankly get exposed to a whole new group of people through uh, Burger Week for whatever reason is like 10 times bigger here in Winnipeg than anywhere else in Canada. Right, right. It is. I mean, I think there's this year, I think there's 221 restaurants, some places that you, you've likely never heard of. So when you're scrolling that website, it's good advertising for the, the places. I wish DQ would let me kind of get adventurous and create my own, but that's a lot of hoops to jump through there. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are, there are great, great burgers from the franchise. Some franchisees take or franchises take part, um, but mostly the local stuff. And it's great. So some some guys are pumping out 50, 100, 200 burgers a day. So, I mean, at the prices between, you know, 13 to $25 a burger on average. I mean, that's that's good revenue. So it's when right. You're, you're right. When the when the restaurants really need it, you know. Yeah. I mean, a combination of both, uh, you know, some great income and, uh, you know, butts and seats, basically, but also hopefully exposing some of these, um, you know, to, to people that hadn't heard about them or hadn't been them before. And maybe they'll become regulars. All right. So, I mean, you've basically, I mean, you have to be near the top of the food chain just getting through 10%. So, obviously, this is not, there's no one, I don't think, that can justifiably say they've come even close to getting all 221. But you've hit 23 of them so far. Some of your favorites. Let's go with a top five, five to one DQ Nick Burger Week power poll on WSD. Bring up my list here. Um, So, I would go at number five, the fourth line burger, a little place uh, in St. James, little hole in the wall behind Sev on Surgeon. Great little sports bar, um, little garlicky type burger. If you like garlic, hit that one. Brazen Hall, always do it right. They're a top, top burger. Um, Chris Kapansky's great at it. Um, PVC Eats, it's a, it's a food truck um, that's parked at Barnhammer. Um, they make unbelievable burgers. Uh, that's that's right up there. I've had that. Uh, no. I've had that. I've had that before. Just quickly before we move yeah. on, what was um, <clears throat> some of these ones that you mentioned? What sort of stood out on uh, on the Brazen Burger or the PVC one? I mean, how did well, they get into your illustrious top five list? Well, it's, it's just a it's just a quality burger. I mean, it all comes together. You can get all these ones that have I don't know chunks of ham on it or pineapples or whatever and it doesn't necessarily i mean it's better than not having a burger but it's it sometimes it doesn't go together right um this pvc eats one uh oh it was i don't know it was just unbelievable all the flavors it was a big burger really juicy things coming out of it everywhere slop all these burgers are quite sloppy uh the brazen hall burger it was uh 
It had a bunch of dusted onions, fried onions. I think that was a theme this year on a lot of burgers. You see the fried jalapenos, fried onions, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then you have, if you really, really like spicy, um, the Leo's on Academy has this ghost pepper burger. The burger itself is unbelievable, but then you dip it in this ghost pepper kind of, it's like a jus. Oh, it's just, it's incredible. I'm a spice guy. So that it was a must try and it, it hit it out of the park. Um, Nicely but, done. Yeah. So we've now, so you've got these top three. We're now down to the final, the final two. What, what, what is the runner up? What is the silver medal from DQ Nick? Well, I, you know what I would say, and it's, it's a tough one. Um, the cork and flame burger in St. James. It's a, it's, it's, I mean, most people haven't heard of the place. I don't frequent it often, but again, that spice level, they had this ghost pepper burger. It was kind of like, uh, Oh, there it is. Remus has it up. The flaming El Diablo burger. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, so it's a, you know, try it. I would pre-order, uh, that one. Um, and then the number one burger, uh, I think he's right now second in Canada for ratings. So go on and help him out. Um, rate for this burger, but go try it first, then rate for rate it. It's the Tommy's on Cordon. It's it's like um, it's the best fat boy Greek style fat boy burger Ooh. you've ever had. I mean, it truly is. It's 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 a high end burger. It's big. It's loaded with chili. It's got some spice. It's got its all its little dusted onions and all that stuff on it. Yeah, the chill the f out. Yeah. So it's it's uh, and Tommy Schneider. Um, yeah, he's great. Great patio. Uh, he had he was he had me out to try it before it even hit. Uh, it's it's still held up to being the number one burger. Oh well, I, I can tell you. I mean, that's right down the street from my spot. And um, when it is open throughout the last ten days, I mean, there's just been people waiting outside. The patio's been full, and it's cool because I mean, that's a place. Pizza's awesome, um, but you know, it would never normally be this busy. And it sort of is what Burger Week is all about. And then with word of mouth, people hearing about, uh, you know, how good some of these things are. Yeah. I think a lot of people going uh, going to check it out. And heck, I mean, you could bang out the Tommy's and Confusion Corner right down the street from each other. And then, of course, you know, Smitty's right. is around, the BP. There's yeah. a lot of other ones if you want to come to this area to, uh, to get it on. Nick, this has been fun. How long will you take off? Of burgers once burger week is over when, when will you when will the next burger you eat be once this uh this journey is over well i'll probably take a couple weeks off and then get back to the dq burgers but truthfully i don't i don't like if i go to the restaurant go to a restaurant i'm more of a like a taco guy or something like that i very rarely eat burgers because of burger week so i do enough during the burger <laughs> week and and you know and and try the dq stuff when they I got to do the quality control, of course. So you got to have one every now and then. Hey, listen, I'm here for quality yeah. control work too. If you uh, if you need me to come in, the stack burgers are incredible. We've been killing yeah. them all summer long. And uh, again, hey, this is so much fun. I and mean, we obviously talk to you uh, all the time. We appreciate the support and what you and Nick and Nikki are uh, uh, doing for us. And but we had to have you on. I mean, there's no one that has attacked this challenge of Burger Week more than you. And uh, this has been a lot of fun. I will look forward, though, to just getting back to the stack burgers as soon as Burger Week is over. And, uh, of course, one of those great blizzards, too. Uh, Nick, thanks so uh -huh. much for doing this, man. Thanks for the support. And, uh, man, take a nap after these burgers. I think you might need one. Right away. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
All right, great stuff with DQ Nick. I'm hungry just thinking about those burgers. And you do have a couple days left. I believe Burger Week ends after Thursday. So consider yourself educated on some of the best ones that he's tried and get on out there and enjoy. Uh, a perfect time to give Nick and Nikki a big thanks for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, um, Nick and Nikki came on with us right out of the gate and have been with us ever since. We really appreciate it. And uh, I know how much our Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners have loved supporting the sponsors heading out to any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Um, I, I know he's going to take a little bit of time off burgers. The DQ Stack Burgers are amazing. If you haven't had one in a while, try them. You will not be disappointed. And, of course, Still got some nice September weather here. Perfect time to get the fam out for a blizzard. Kit Kat blizzard isn't available. Might still the best one. Reese's Pieces cookie dough blizzard. Uh, but plenty of options for you. And if you do need a cake for an upcoming event, uh, get a DQ frozen cake, ice cream cake, DQ Manitoba on Instagram. If you want to hit them up, they can customize it for you and get ready to pick up at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And a big cheers to our friends over at Little Brown Jug. Still lots going on at Little Brown Jug out in that beautiful patio, live music, other events. But the star of the show at Little Brown Jug, of course, is the beer. The iconic 1919, as well as a number of their great summer offerings. You can try a bunch out with the Good Times Variety Pack right now. Or maybe the best bet is to go sample them for yourselves down at the beautiful tap room and brewery on William Avenue, as well as the great patio, which hosted our first ever sports trivia night for Winnipeg Sports Talk a couple weeks ago. Hey, if you're not able to get around there, of course, you can pick up Little Brown Jug at your favorite beer store or order online for citywide delivery at littlebrownjug.com. Uh, we've got the Cool Bet lines coming up. And we also have a Cinnaboya Downs live racing. We'll get to our picks in a minute. Uh, but don't forget, just seven, I guess now six days left of live racing on the season. And there's some big mandatory payouts to be given away as well. All that information is at asdowns.com. And we'll have to get Double D on Darren Dunn on for the, uh, at the end of the year uh, to wrap things up. But it really has been an amazing, amazing year at Cinnaboya Downs. And if you're not able to make it out to the races... Live on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. You can always bet like we do at hpibet.com on both the Cinnaboya Downs and tracks from around the world. We'll get to our picks in a minute. Uh, but, Remo, let's get to our cool bet lines for today. And I guess the Blue Jays are right in the middle. I should throw this up right now. Double header today. Manoa was supposed to go early, um, but he has been pushed back. Apparently, he's got some sort of a stomach problem, stomach flu. Uh, Jays down 4-2 in their game right now. Obviously, they'll have another one, and they hope that Manoa will be ready to go a little bit later on today. Uh, CFL lines are out for the upcoming week. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are 9.5-point favorites at home against the Edmonton Elks. The Bombers in Hamilton on Saturday afternoon. That's a 3 o'clock start here in Winnipeg. The champs laying eight and a half points in Hamilton to take on the Tiger Cats is a big road favorite. And the final game, BC Calgary. What a matchup this would have been. Unfortunately, Nathan Rourke is out. Will Vernon Adams get the start? We'll see. But the odds makers certainly like Calgary as a significant favorite. Calgary six point favorites right now over the BC Lions. And our weekly look at the futures in the CFL. 
Bombers still a very short favorite, plus 114 to win their third consecutive Grey Cup. Calgary second at plus 450. Toronto five to one. And BC now without Rourke, six to one to win the whole thing. And your NFL lines are up. The game that we'll be talking a lot about the next couple days, Thursday night, Chiefs, Chargers, Arrowhead Stadium, Chiefs, three and a half point favorites over the visiting Chargers. Both teams won an O looking to grab a stranglehold on the AFC West right out of the gate with two wins and, of course, a head-to-head victory. Uh, of course, you can bet a cool bet. Check the lock shop later on tonight, you fantasy football players. 9 o'clock our time. Dusty and I will hit the waiver wire. Very important week to help your fantasy team. And tomorrow's lock shop episode, noon Winnipeg time, live on Twitter before we fire up with Winnipeg Sports Talk, will be our weekly show picking the games in the Canadian Football League. If you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST. You get a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $200. All right, Remo, I am quite looking forward to uh, you telling us about the toilet, but um, I think we should get into our Cinnaboy Downs picks first. As I mentioned, some big jackpot. Uh, the jackpot five has to go. The high five will also have to go before the end of the season. So a great chance to get some big payouts right now. And I got to sh- give a big shout out to Arouse and Go. I know many of you had fun in the chat when I picked that in the seventh race yesterday, but that one paid 55 bucks on a $3 bet. So a great start to the week for yours truly at the track. I'm on a cold streak here. I had a big fat zero. I saw Rouse and Go. I thought about taking them, and then I didn't. I took on that race. I'll tell you who I took. It was race and, seven last night. Uh, I don't know who I took on that. Oh, that was race six. Race seven. I forget who I took. Well, it doesn't matter. Take... It wasn't a Rouse and yeah, Go. Yeah, it wasn't so... a Rouse and Go. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. Anyways, we can go to the t- I'll try to make it up today, get some winners here. Because uh, I think you've got a, a bit of a big lead on me. We have to calculate. I think you're up at least 100 now. Yeah, it's, it's the home stretch right now. Just got to keep on cashing a few tickets and staying above water here. Yeah, so I'm going to go race three. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, race three, I'm doing a Quinella 5-6, five, five, Striking Oil. And Harry, keep the change. I don't know if that's like a Home Alone reference. Like, keep the change, a filthy animal. And <laughs> Harry, like Harry and Marv. Uh, we'll see. That's Joe Pesci's character. So I like that one. Race four. I'm picking a horse five to win. Get Wit Gone. I don't know if you're also on Get Wit Gone, but... It's a wit horse. What do you think? It's a wit I'm assuming that you are. Uh, race six. I got a three, seven, Quinella. Uh, bro code, of course, and guaranteed delivery. Hoping to guarantee a win with that pick. And the last one, race seven, horse three, McCaig, who was like the first horse hmm. that I ever won on. Tank 20 to one in this field of 10 with a scratch, so nine. Well, and it's nuts. And if you click on McCaig, just quickly click on that ring, you'll see won their last two races. Yeah. If you go down, go down to show that up. Like number one in a one mile, number one in a seven and a half. Yeah. This one is a little bit longer. So uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know. I, I'm sure that number will probably be shorter by the time it goes off. But uh, well, I may as well go backwards. I too am on McCaig to win through to Tooney on down on that. Number in the sixth race, I'm going with Bro Code just to win. No Quinella. 
Uh, in five is the one I'm going to drop my Triactor box. Uh, Zebo going Commandy and uh, Dabby Devil. That's the uh, $6 bet. Uh, of course, I'm on Get Wit Gone uh, in race number four. And in race number three, going with the Quinella as well. Two, four, Uncle Mo's Cat and Chitin. Um, So there you go. There are picks last night. Great night. I uh, won... What was it? It was twenty in, and I think I won sixty 40, some. So yeah, I was, I was I think. plus plus forty two to the good. So hopefully we can make that happen. And again, it looks pretty nice outside. Might be a great night to pop by the track. No football for the next couple days. Back at it with the Chiefs Chargers on Thursday, and then another big weekend coming up. So a great option if you're looking for something to do tonight. Uh, all right, Reem. Before we end the program, I teased this at the beginning. Um, but we got into this a little bit for folks that for folks that maybe missed the show a couple days ago, coming out of the weekend, there was an incident in and around your house that you've been dreading dealing with. And, um, today from my understanding, it was finally dealt with fill people in on the situation if they missed it first, and then we'll get into what transpired today. Yeah, I think this was Thursday or Friday's show. I came out after the show, threw out some garbage, and someone had foisted a toilet in a cardboard box. I'm assuming it was the box for the new toilet they put in. Put it next to my garbage can. And, like, I don't, I don't know who did it. I didn't see anything. So for now, no clues? Yeah, so now it's up to me to deal with it. I want to put in as little time and effort as possible to dealing with this. It's not it's mine. someone else's toilet. Someone else's toilet, it's, I mean, the fact that it's disgusting, but it's just such a douche move to do, um, leaving the toilet. So, I don't know, I'm, I, again, this, I'm. This is on your mind all weekend, I'm sure. What are yeah. you going to do with this damn toilet? I, well, it's there every time I go. It's like blocking my driveway. I had to like get around, I almost backed up into it. I didn't even want to move it. Like, I don't want to touch it. It's a toilet. Like, this is gross. <laughs> so I DM the city. And they got back to me, and they basically told me, yeah, I have to go take it to the dump. You know, I posted in a community Facebook group. Nobody owned up to saying it was there. <laughs> Did got you a... really? You took it to Facebook? Of course. It's a community <laughs> Facebook group. Yes. Someone, someone, I think there was, was one. What was the message? Uh, Did anyone lose a toilet? I came out to take out my garbage, and there's a toilet in a cardboard box, and it's not mine. Yeah, there was one Winnipeg Sports Talk listener in there who thought didn't agree with some of my Jets takes. I don't know, maybe he's a suspect. But um, so I I left it out by the garbage yesterday, and uh, praying you know maybe the garbage guys would be nice and throw it in the back of their truck. They did not. So I was like, all right, today's I don't want to look at this thing anymore. Um, I loaded it into the back of uh, our SUV. Took it to the dump. I get there. I'm like, guys, I'm just dropping off this toilet. Like, it's not, it's not mine. It's foisted on me. Put there. Like, where'd it go? He's like, ah, oh, it's up there around ceramics. I take it out of the car. And, um, you know, it's, it's just me. It's heavy. My wife offered to go. And I'm like, you don't need to waste your time on this. I want this to operation. It, no, yeah, this, this, is, this solo, is not the time. This is not. Yeah, this is not your responsibility. And um, yeah, I got to the ceramics, took it out of the car. The guy's like, "Oh, you got to take it out of the box." I was like, "I'm not touching this toilet. Like, I <laughs> didn't even bring gloves." 
So I pick up the box. Like, it was pretty, it was kind of heavy. And I had to lift it over this bar, dump the toilet into the dumpster. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you got to break the box up and put it in that paper recycling. So I did break it and went home. I mean, the drive was good. I listened to Howard 100. They were talking about uh, the Emmys last night, which I watched. But it's just so degrading and emasculating knowing that someone just dumped their toilet, used toilet on me, and like a sucker, I just went and drove it out to the dump. It's disgusting. I'm so embarrassed. that That's uh, a big L. That's a big L. I but I mean, what were you supposed L. to do? Well, well, exactly. I had no other option. What was I supposed to do? Like, I don't want to put an effort. I'm not going to... Spend, I can either spend the 45 minutes just putting the car and dealing with it, or I can spend 45 minutes on the phone, on hold with the city, on hold with other organizations, deciding what to do with it. So, and try, or like knocking on neighbors. I'm not spending time on this. So I just went, I took it in the morning, I got a nice drive in to the dump. It was horrible. Like, it, it's just now what? Everyone who listens to the show is going to be like, yeah, I'll leave their garbage next to my garage and yeah i'll like a dummy i'm gonna take it to the dump well this it listen the, the investigation is still open the investigation is still open on where this toilet came from even though it's been it has been dropped off i'm at the so dump. It, it's de completely degrading that drive it was the like the, you know we've heard of the walk of shame this was like the drive of shame i was just this is a huge missed content opportunity for Winnipeg Sports Talk. You should have been mic'd oh, up. I should have, I should had, have yeah. had a camera. I should have. That, that would have. I, I thought about videotaping me chucking it in. It's kind of, they have that dumpster. I love throwing stuff in the dumpsters at the dump. I've had to go there before. And you throw it in and it, it either breaks or makes a large sound. It's kind of cool. But like it was just knowing that anyone now is going to know that they can leave garbage. So it's it a bad to precedent to, to set. Bad it's precedent really bad. to set. Really bad. <laughs> I'm I'm worried now that people are gonna know. The net guy who dumped the tool is like, well, you know, if I have to take something, I'll just drop it off at this guy's house. He's gonna take it for me. <laughs> when was the last time you were at the dump? Um, I think December 2020. We did a big clean out because that's what you did then in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah that's what you, you couldn't do. do anything. Throw shit out. You, yeah, that's what I did. So I. I think that was the last time. Yes. Well, no, Remo's waste removal, it was it was uh it was hoisted on him. There will not be a waste removal uh service going forward from Winnipeg Sports oh, Talk Jeff, and Jeff's in chat. He says he found he's found his next investigative. <laughs> yes. Project. Exactly, Jeff. The investigation is on right now. Oh. What is going on? Where did this toilet come from? And you know what? You might need to just add another camera, as Gregory uh, Liverpool said, into uh, you know to have some footage. I know there was an Amazon uh, incident, but cameras, you know, you had that. You obviously what? was able to get that. What are you gonna do? Like, get the footage of them, and then I stole uh, my Amazon package from my front door. Uh, it was thankfully it was only a pack of sharpies. So jokes, jokes yeah. on them, but. Well, I, what are you going to do with it? You're going to go straight back to your Facebook group. And, uh, you I, know, isn't that what Facebook's for? Outing members of the community for doing shitty things like dropping a used toilet behind someone else's house so that they I, have to dispose of it? I'll just say, like, if you're like, you got to be a real jerk to do that to someone. Like, go throw your own garbage, please. 
I don't that know. Is, that is absolutely true in a great way. I'm so I'm still mad to about the it. Program. I knew I, I see folks, this is why I didn't want to get into this until the end of the mm -hmm. program because I knew Remo would get so bent it would be difficult to continue the show. So it was a perfect thing to do at the end of the program. I had to talk about it. Like I I guess is there a support group for people who had <laughs> toilets <laughs> had toilets left by their garbage? Yeah. <laughs> We're starting one. I, I never go on Facebook, but I might have to just go in so I can see this post and some of the comments. People maybe were, stir some things up. People online. were laughing. Well, normally, you know, and the <laughs> posts in the group, the community group are about things getting stolen. I had the opposite. I'd almost, ra I don't know if I'd rather have something stolen than had to be forced to drive to the dump. It was horrible. Oh, well, Hammer's on the case right now. I look forward to updates on the uh, the search for who vacated the toilet I don't know. and forced Remus for an unplanned trip to the dump. Wait, to, wasted uh, 45 minutes. I could have been doing social media stuff for this show. Um, TikToks or something. I could have been you know? making TikToks. And there is a new one today, so f check our Instagram and TikTok. Perfect thing. Great reminder. It's not just sports talk. We've had food takes, and we have an investigation into a toilet incident in suburban winnipeg manitoba right now make sure you hit that red subscribe button folks if you haven't already tell a friend about winnipeg sports talk show them how to subscribe to the channel and join us every day and of course for you podcast listeners um we really do appreciate it oh. if you could ever give us a five-star rating and a little review at apple Podcasts or spotify that also goes a long way to helping us out as well and um here. As I said, we've got some actual stuff. Like we're going to have rookies skating tomorrow, training camp next week. Marat's back this week as well. So um, I am looking for these next couple days. Jackson Jeffcoat, I think, is going to be jumping on the program with us in a couple days uh, or tomorrow as well. And uh, Jamie Thomas tomorrow to set up the trip out to Penticton for the Jets rookies on the uh, roster that we talked about today. Yeah, a couple things. I want to see the picture of this toilet. Should I just, I'll pull it up. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I didn't bring point. I just did a quick, like I didn't bring gloves, which I was regretted when I had to take it out of the car <laughs> and like dump it into the thing. Uh, I do want to touch on a couple items quick before we wrap up. But uh, this is the toilet in the box. <laughs> like this is it. Like they put it in a thankfully it was in a box. If it wasn't in a box, oh. it would have been like I had to put this in my car. This is and then I started thinking about like what Someone I don't know did to this toilet while it's in the back of my car. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Like, how big dumps did someone take on this toilet? It's in, and it's in my car. At least if it's my own toilet, you know, it's your, you like your own, but still, this is horrible. No one deserves that. No one deserves this, what you've been put through this week. I agree. I, I agree. No one deserves, no one should have to deal with what I dealt with this morning. Well, uh, okay. What did like you want to get? How are the, how were the Emmys last night? Um, well, no one slapped anyone. That was that was good. We didn't have any slap incidents. <laughs> it went off smoothly with no physical violence. Um, there was a lot of swearing on it. I was shocked. I watched it on CTV, and I don't know if they didn't have delay, but there were multiple f bombs. Like, I guess you can just say, like, sh you can just say shit on TV now, and even the f word didn't get beeped. Um, I was shocked. Um. For sports fans, Ted Lasso won a bunch of awards. I like Ted Lasso. I like the Emmys better than the Oscars because I've actually seen a lot of the shows. Uh, Breaking Bad has been, not Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul has been nominated for like 50 awards in its 
you know, since it's been going on and hasn't won one, which is a travesty. Succession won a lot too. I didn't watch the most recent season because it was so far after season two. I forgot everything that happened. So I didn't, but it won a lot. Uh, White Lotus, I, which I didn't watch, my wife really liked, won a lot too. That's on HBO. Um, the guy who created it played uh, Ned Schneebly in School of Rock, Mike White. I had got a good laugh Ooh. when he when he went up. And I'm trying to think what else I missed out on for that. There was some controversy. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel was dragged out by Will Arnett, Maple Leaf fan Will Arnett, as a bit where Jimmy Kimmel played dead. And somebody won from the show Abbott Elementary, and she had to give her speech while Jimmy Kimmel was laying there dead on the faking, playing dead on the ground. And a lot of people were very mad online that Jimmy Kimmel stole um, the woman's <laughs> moment. I forget her name. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, enjoy, I was just shocked it was on a Monday, I guess because it was on NBC and they play <laughs> Sunday Night Football. It can't be on a Sunday, but I, I watched it, so I liked it. Yeah, listen, I didn't. Oh. I didn't even know what it was. I knew it was an award show for something. You didn't know. I haven't watched any of the shows, I, and I was uh, I was pumped that I made the right decision and watched Buck and Aikman do their first I Monday Nighter. It was great, and then of course Eli and Peyton with the highlights after the debacle. Hey, before we go, um, Sport Manitoba's announced the uh, newest inductees for the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame class of 2022. Um, Don Baisley, the famous hockey agent, the late Don Baisley, um, going into the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, you've got Haldor Bjarnason, who was uh, an athlete of cerebral palsy, tricycling. Uh, Andrea Ferguson from Ringette. Congratulations, Andrea. That's phenomenal. Uh, Patrick Jebison from basketball. Michelle Sawatsky Coop was just an incredible volleyball player. And the 1990. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the last Grey Cup championship team before the current team, uh, well, or the 2019 team won, and of course ran it back last year and looking to do it again. So um, big congratulations to everybody going in to it all. And uh, Rima, do we want to touch quickly on uh, what did you think about the new logo at the center field of First Energy Stadium for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, so the Cleveland Browns, um, famously, their logo is a helmet that's orange. The Browns, it doesn't make any sense. I've kind of laughed about it. Like, you'd see, they'd come out with hats and... It's a lack of a logo. That's just a replacement yeah. because they haven't had a logo. Their logo is just brown paint, I guess. Yeah, so they announced that they haven't had a center field logo, that it's now the... Brownie the Elf. Here, I got the <laughs> what? Brownie the Elf. This is the most the weirdest thing ever. So here it is. It looks like <laughs> like the artist who did like the Notre Dame Fighting Irish logo, like drew an elf that's wearing. I, yeah, I think this is not a, a new character. I think this is a very old character that has sort of been taken back and it was out on, there was a few things they used it for in the last couple of years. And I guess they put it to the fans as to what they wanted on the stadium. And this is what they went with. So um, I don't know. I, I, listen, Cleveland, 
is I was a big Cleveland guy. Like they've been losers for so long. I like Baker Mayfield. It was pretty cool to see them get back to relevance, make the playoffs, beat the Steelers. But I'm out on Cleveland now. This whole Deshaun Watson fiasco has been something else, although they do have a heck of a team. I mean, they've got a great defense. They've got an unbelievable running game. And, of course, beat Baker with that 57-yard field goal at the buzzer on Sunday afternoon. But uh, Brownie the Elf, new new marketing opportunities for the Cleveland Browns. Everyone's going to see this, and some people will want it, and some people will be going WTF. Yeah, I was more WTF. I thought this was... It was terrible. It didn't belong. But then I looked at the comments and a lot of people loved it. And I was like, am I taking crazy pills here? Like, could I possibly have a wrong opinion on this? And I was like, no, it's everyone else who's wrong. It's not me. This this sucks. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. As I said, I mean, we're not talking about replacing an iconic, incredible logo with this cartoon. It was essentially they're doing something now. So Good luck to the Browns and all of their faithful suffering through what will probably be another long season, although they're 1-0. And I think from what we saw in the AFC North this past week, the Ravens are good. We'll see what happens with Cincy. That was a pretty ugly start, and the Steelers are always going to be a tough out. Uh, folks, we got to get out of here so we can get these podcasts up. Fun show today. Thanks to Mike and Scott and, of course, DQ Nick for coming by as guest today. Big thanks to all the sponsors that make this show each and every day. Fantasy footballers, if you want to join us tonight, Lock Shop, 9 p.m. on Twitter or subscribe to the podcast. We'll help you out with some waiver wire hits for the very important first week of the waiver wire heading into week two. And uh, coming up over the next couple of days, some great shows. Tomorrow, we're going to have Jamie Thomas tee up the Young Stars event. And it's been a minute. Marat's been on holidays. We haven't talked to Marat in a while. So we'll get Marat and Jackson Jeffcoat's going to join the program uh, and then Mo Khan's coming back as well later on this week. Brandon Rewicki and, of course, a uh, busy Friday show. Hoping to have our guy Ted Wyman come on, talk a little bombers, and Ken Weep with his weekly visit as well. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks for being with us. Make sure to hit that like on the way out and make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Tell a friend about WST and join us tomorrow, 1 p.m., right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night. Oh, my God! for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.